From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. All the baker needed to know about my clients was that they were gay and lesbian, and therefore gay, and therefore he wouldn't sell them a wedding cake. The Supreme Court ruled 7-2 on June 4th in favor of Colorado cake shop owner Jack Phillips, who'd refused to bake a wedding cake six years ago for a gay couple, Charlie Craig and David Mullins. The decision was a narrow one, and experts are debating how significant it is in the battle over gay rights. My guests today are Todd Ruger, CQ Supreme Court reporter, and Craig Kana, a professor at the University of Colorado Law School, who wrote a brief supporting the plaintiffs, Craig and Mullins, and who is joining us by phone. Okay, Todd, um, give us the lay of the land. What were the details in this case? Well, as you mentioned, in 2012, before the Supreme Court had legalized same-sex marriage nationally, uh, same-sex marriage was not legal in Colorado. The couple went to this cake shop uh, with the hopes of getting a cake for their wedding reception, And the owner said no, uh, that it was against his religious beliefs. He named his his place Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, after a Bible quote. And uh, he closed on Sundays. He didn't bake Halloween cakes. There were other kinds of things he didn't do that uh, were against his, because it was against his religion. And he said, this is one more thing that I'm not going to do. I don't want to participate in a same-sex marriage reception. And that started an entire uh, civil rights commission proceeding in Colorado that took years to go through, and it got up to the Supreme Court. The issue was, was Jack Phillips having his constitutional free speech rights and free exercise of religion rights trotted upon by the state ruling that said that he, uh, he couldn't not sell cakes? And this is, this is becoming sort of the new frontier in the battle over gay rights right now, where the social conservatives, the religious conservatives are pressing to preserve the rights of uh, Christian people, religious people who, who, who don't believe in gay rights, to preserve their ability to sort of stay away from it, to not involve themselves in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the battle over LGBT rights has gone into the courts and LGBT advocates have won decision after decision. And there's, so there's uh, groups that are on the other side that are pushing back against that. And in fact, in this, in this particular case, um, one of those groups played a role because once, once the Colorado Commission had decided uh, against Masterpiece Cake Shop, there were other people that said, well, I'm gonna go to a LGBT friendly cake shop and ask them to bake a cake that's a Bible that's open and it'll have a picture of two men and it'll have an X through it and, um, and it'll you know, say that that's a, that's a sin. The cake shops in, that were asked to do that said, we're not gonna do that. That's, we don't, we don't wanna bake a hateful cake. We'll bake an open Bible, but we're not gonna put this, these other details on it. And that was actually cited in this opinion by the justices uh, as a way that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was okay with them not baking a Bible cake with this on it, but ruled against Masterpiece Cake Shop for not refusing to do a, a same-sex wedding cake. Now, the Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote the majority opinion. Was that part of his argument? Yeah, that was part of it, but it was something that split the justices. So there were seven justices that went along with this decision, but two of them, Elena Kagan and uh, Justice Breyer, uh, Stephen Breyer, 
they they wrote separately to say that we don't agree with that part. We can say that there's an easy way to look at this and say these cakes are wrong and these cakes are right in that one of them has a message on it and the other one the the wedding cake for the for the same sex couple didn't have a message on it they actually didn't even get into the idea of what would be on this cake he had just flatly said i'm not going to do it before there was a design and so they they basically said they would have ruled that uh, you can make a distinction when there's a message on the cake okay and so those are the two two of the more liberal justices on the court how did the more conservative justices come down? There was a couple of opinions written there too, right? Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote separately. Uh, it was joined by Samuel Alito, and they basically came down on the other side from the from the liberals on that issue. Uh, and they they were backing the idea that there should be a, a way to to not participate in a same sex marriage celebration. And then there was Justice Clarence Thomas, who basically said this is. He, was made, he wrote separately to make the point that this is kind of an art form and there's free expression in there and, the, and that a baker should be able to, to not be compelled to do art for something that he doesn't back. Did the issue of race come up at all? Of course, you know, it's, it's illegal, right, for if a black person or a Hispanic person came into a cake shop to refuse to serve them because of their race. Correct. That was a, the, the Supreme Court decided that decades ago. It's a case called Piggy Park. It was a barbecue that was uh, serving barbecue to black people on a different entrance. And the Supreme Court said you can't do that. And that was actually cited in this opinion as, um, as a reason to show that when you're a business and you're open to the public generally, you can't discriminate uh, on who you're going to serve and, and how you're going to serve them. And that is, that's part, part of the underlying case that the that the Civil Rights Commission made and how a lot of our civil rights laws are enforced. And so a lot of the groups that are backing civil rights are taking heart that this decision uh, made clear that that's still part of, of how our, our society operates. If you're in business, you can't discriminate against who, who you serve. Right. And that has to do with that this was a narrow decision. It wasn't uh, asserting a broad right to refuse to bake cakes for gay couples. Well, yeah. Well, th- this decision basically said that the way that this case was handled by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was wrong. They they had an anti-religion animus. And when there when a group and one of the the civil rights laws in Colorado protect religious rights as well as discrimination on on the basis of sex or or sexual orientation. So uh, if they're going to be judging these cases that that do religion versus discrimination on sexual orientation, they need to be not have a bias. And so they cited a couple different things that this commission did that had a bias. And that and so that's very specific to this case, what these commissioners said, what what bias they showed. If the assertion that what is engaging in is is speech is enough to overcome that law, you're going to face a situation where a family portrait artist can say, I will photograph any family, but not when the father's wearing a yarmulke because I have a sincere objection to the Jewish faith. That would be discrimination. Suppose we thought that in significant part, at least one member of the commission based um, uh, the commissioner's decision uh, on, on, on the grounds uh, that of, of hostility to religion. Can, can your, could your judgment then stand? Your Honor, I don't think that one statement by the commissioner, assuming it reveals suppose bias. We, suppose we thought there was a significant aspect of hostility to religion in this case. Could your judgment stand? 
Your Honor, if, if, if there was evidence that the entire proceeding was begun because of a, an intent to single out religious people, absolutely that would be a problem. And so the, the ruling that came out basically said you can't be biased when you're making these decisions. But it left for another day the broader questions, which are, um, you know, who's, who can you deny? Can you, can you not bake a cake if you don't want to, right. if it's against your religion? So if there, you've talked to a lot of legal experts and you, you watch the oral arguments. Were you surprised at all by the result? There's a lot of questions that uh, you would love to be a fly on the wall for the discussions behind the closed doors that the justices had on this case and how they came to the 7-2 decision. The the justices on these divisive issues like to have as broad of a majority as they can. uh, So they're speaking with one voice. There was obviously an appetite to try to settle the broader questions. That's why maybe why they took this case. And yet, a lot of times they, on these divisive cases, will take, will look for a little bit of an off-ramp uh, to where they, if they don't have to decide something, then they'll, then they'll try to find a way to avoid it. And that's what they did in this particular case because uh, they, they just decided it so narrowly that maybe there's another case that will come up in the future that will present this issue again and we can decide it. And that. they encourage, what, states and court, local courts and local legislators to try to figure out how to deal with this issue? Yes, right. I mean, and, and but I don't. I don't think that it's going to go away. I think that the issue is coming back. There's already places where this decision has been used in court, and it's a big social issue, and it's a battlefield, and neither side is going to give ground. So it's going to come back. All right. I'm going to turn now on the phone to Craig Conoff, a professor at the University of Colorado Law School, who wrote a amicus brief in the case for the plaintiffs. So, Professor, what was your read on the court's decision? Um, the, my read was that it was a very narrow decision. It was the narrowest possible decision that Justice Kennedy could have issued in favor of the baker. Um, indeed, if, if a couple, um, uh, Craig and Mullins, go back to that same baker tomorrow and suffer discrimination at his hands again, they could file another suit, um, and that might lead to a completely different outcome. So this was a very, very narrow decision. Okay. Well, how can that be? I mean, how can the same set of events lead to a different decision, potentially? Absolutely. So what Justice Kennedy said was that in this particular proceeding, um, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission got it wrong. But he never said anything about what the baker could or couldn't do. So it's quite possible. So, 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 so ultimately, he's not said anything about whether the couple has the right to be served. He hasn't said anything about whether the baker has the right to discriminate. He simply said that in this proceeding, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission did something wrong. And what was that? I mean, where did they err? Oh, so, so, they, so, so, that, so the main issue was simply, according to Justice Kennedy, that two of the commissioners made comments that sounded disrespectful of religion. And he also claimed that the commission had been um, had turned a blind eye to religious discrimination, uh, but uh, were um, coming down hard on discrimination based on sexual orientation. Uh, now, Justice Ginsburg, of course, didn't agree with uh, Justice Kennedy's um, opinion on, on, on those counts. Right. And, Ju- and Justice Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, she, what was her rationale? That it didn't matter what the members of this commission, their personal views were, or uh, that it's just mm-hmm. a matter of the law? Yeah, so she, so, she, so she made two points. One was, you know, look, you've got two members of a seven-member commission who said 
things that were maybe unwise. Uh, but remember that it wasn't just the commission that was making the decision, but it was also an administrative law judge before the commission made the decision. It was also the Colorado Court of Appeal that reviewed the decision from scratch. Seems like the, 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 the Justice Kennedy should have pointed to defects um, at other levels of decision making as well. And she also said, look, in, in terms of the other cases where, where the commission said that uh, religious customers did not need to be served, those customers were asking for cakes with hateful messages on them to be sold to them. And the baker simply said, we don't sell hateful cakes to anyone, whether you're gay, straight, whether you're religious or non-religious, we don't sell hateful cakes. Um, Here, Jack Phillips, um, we we don't know what cake they were going to ultimately sell, but it sounded like Jack Phillips wasn't going to sell any cake to uh, Craig and Mullen simply because they were a same-sex couple. Right. And but we had two of the justices, two of the justices on the left, the, the left of center side of the court who who mm-hmm. signed on to Kennedy's brief. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you attended the oral arguments. Uh, what was your mm-hmm. what do you read into their decision to sign on with uh, Justice Kennedy? Is it clear that they agreed with him or was it a strategic move? Um, I think it's more of the latter. Uh, Justice Kagan, who wrote the concurring opinion, has always had the reputation from when she was dean of Harvard Law School to now in the court as someone who likes to make alliances and uh, you know makes make moves that are strategic that will help help in the future. And I think that that's to a large degree what she did here. Okay, so we're expecting future cases here. There are other cases uh, coming down the pike along the same lines, I believe. And so where does that leave us? I mean, is it is it crucial? Is Justice Kennedy still the crucial player on the court? He absolutely is the crucial player on the court. Uh, The question is whether he will still be on the court when the cases um, come um, come up to it. If Donald Trump gets another pick and and selects a judge like Gorsuch uh, to replace Kennedy, it could make a significant difference in the court's stance on the issue of gay rights. Absolutely. I think that uh, it would completely transform. Uh, the court stands on the issue of gay rights. Well, Professor, I appreciate you coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Todd, is this the marquee case of the term, or are there other big ones coming down the pike? Uh, this is a term full of big big cases. There are a couple more we're watching, among them partisan gerrymandering, which is whether the courts can decide if there's too much politics and how the lines are drawn for congressional districts. Another one is Trump's travel ban is up there, and they're going to decide whether that's constitutional or illegal. Thank you, Craig, and thank you, Todd, for coming on the show. Sure. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. 